1: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Radio and Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, and with me across the storm driven Atlantic Ocean is the gold standard and ghost hunted Mr. Steve Possum.
0: Good evening. Hurricane season, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, I'll keep you busy. <laughs> If I sound a little quieter than usual tonight, it's because um, there's a computer glitch, which means I'm forced back to uh, the phone.
1: A phone.
0: A phone.
1: Oh goodness gracious!
0: There you go.
1: Ah, uh, the what? The uh, what's wrong with the computer?
0: Uh it's just doing one of its updates. It chose the wrong moment to do oh,
1: it. Oh, I hate that. that you know, it, just before the show, it, it's hard yeah. to do a, an update yeah. on me too.
0: Yeah. Well. Normally, it only takes about 10 minutes, so I come on, I log on about an hour before to make sure there are no updates. Only tonight seems to be going more slowly than usual. So, there we go. Hey, congratulations. On what? Um, That photograph, that spooky new haunted mansion. Well, hey, it's not my end, so not yet. (laughs) What, the whole thing, or is it just a shack out the back? (laughs)
1: it's the whole thing it it would be the honest to god it would be the most ideal place for
0: hey uh, does it have does it have an apartment for putting guests up it does that's why i was going to tell you
1: i was just going to say it has it has the whole second floor is is uh bedrooms and uh yeah it can you can do you can there's downstairs there's many rooms you can do uh uh, classes, you can do uh, seances, you can do ghost hunts, you can do everything. And it, well, I'll be changed is,
0: from the beach house. The building
1: is huge. That'll well, the be beach change. house is long gone anyways. That's, that's a thing in the past. Uh,
0: I miss that. Good memories. Yeah, me too. On the um, If it does come to fruition, mm-hmm. um, I assume that you would do what any sensible and serious ghost investigator would do really yeah
1: bringing a tv crew
0: no <laughs> but you're on the right tracks i would rig every every square inch of the building with uh, permanent cctv systems
1: that's a good idea
0: well it's the perfect opportunity isn't it isn't that what harry did for a year with Borley? Oh, yeah I'm not saying you know, we wouldn't i'm just saying i mean uh, not yeah. to to not do it would be unforgivable yeah. because if I suspected for one minute that I was uh, living in or had round the clock access to a haunted mm-hmm. building then isn't that the holy grail
1: mm-hmm. yeah oh
0: most most definitely
1: the um you know, it it has so much. You know, the, it was originally a tavern, so the the the. Bottom yeah,
0: it looked little, like it had some age to it. It yeah. reminded oh, yeah. me. It reminded me of the manse.
1: So the historic register.
0: It it kind of reminded me of the manse. Wasn't the same, but similar.
1: Yeah, the manse is a little later. I mean, a little yeah. early. Excuse me.
0: Yeah, where where That's... is it?
1: Or, uh, well, I don't to really... say. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, okay, district.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's in massachusetts there you go God. yeah that's not, for, that, not that, far from no. my office
0: oh well there we are then yep so that, it, it's that, perfect that's helpful at least that's perfect yeah build it
1: put a studio in it and everything it would be ideal absolutely well,
0: ideal i i've been tasked as you know um the society for psychical research you know that small mm-hmm. group founded back in 1882 yes um was uh gave me the green light back it, back before some small thing called covid arrived yeah and uh they said we would like to have our own investigation training course weekend like camp yeah um and i said that's that's a good plan because i already have ghostology that we can use to test the idea with mm-hmm. um but we've been looking for a suitable location now i'm not at liberty like yourself to, to actually name it but one of the most historic of the London guilds has uh, generously offered to um, host the location next Excellent. year Excellent. Uh, we're talking about a, a guild that goes back to the 12th century and yeah that's a the, little
1: bit before this one
0: well the the building itself which is in the city of london as opposed to london um is crammed full of history and has its own ghosts so what a perfect yeah. location that could turn out to be yeah for this, the, one, for the this one also
1: has its own uh, little uh, history with paranormal history as well do we do we know anything of it you know i was just gonna find the information i hadn't planned on talking uh, uh talking about it but uh
0: anyway. no i mean you say say what you feel comfortable saying but you know i'm curious yeah
1: i mean it uh, just
0: looks such a cool place and you, you know you 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 leaked a little bit so um, I, did. I did on social media so i, I took did. your lead and i you've piqued my curiosity
1: 1690 cool
0: yep 1690 well that's, so, that's something to write over that. So it's pre-revolution.
1: So it's it's
0: So as it's British it was so it's a, British, so it's, a Briti- it's a British house. Yeah. English house. British. Here we
1: go. Uh I just popped up a little history for you. So get yeah uh, let me see what we have here. Uh bu- 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 oh. the owner the owner's uh Parents were born and raised, both raised and married in England.
0: Well, that wouldn't be unusual for that time frame. Yeah. Because I've been watching, uh, while you're looking, I was watching, uh, it was a series of documentaries made by uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm -hmm. These were made in the 1950s, um, detailing, um, like, how people lived in pre-revolution America, and uh, of course, it's all it's all New England because I don't think anybody else li- I don't think anywhere else in America was inhabited, <laughs> uh, or at least not by not not by uh, Western Western colonists. Steve, and, that, um, that's that's funny, Steve,
1: because Jan and I are watching English life during the the various (laughs) periods from you know the edwardian (laughs) to victorian yeah it
0: the the, the, army day common people well these the people want to watch them for themselves these are available on youtube uh they're periscope films but they're originally uh periscope have bought the rights um but they're fascinating to see because they're all obviously set along the New England coast. You know, you have got Boston and um, the farming communities inland from Boston, and um, it just, you know, you know the so many of them. You know, mum and dad. Um, the, the one, the one I was watching today. Um, they, there's mum, dad, three children, uh, one one son, two daughters. And they said the youngest child was the only one born in the Americas uh, since the family emigrated six years ago. And that was set in sixteen the 1680s, so it mm-hmm. kind of fits. And yes. it, I, I remember on my last trip over, we had that, that ghost hunt night with uh, the Historical Society up the, up the coast the ways in uh, Salisbury. No, yes. Hanson
1: yeah up around there i all yeah. to me yeah you're
0: asking me and uh, i remember the um the i don't know what his title was but uh he was explaining that the family had brought in the architect and the designs from england because they were an english mill owning family that had moved over to america in the 1670s or 80s um and then they built their farm there and uh yeah, very cool. Lots of uh, connections.
1: The uh, the tab- uh, the tavern was in the family for two hundred years.
0: Do you know what's in- interesting? When we were doing my family tree, um, the British connection, the British side, not the the side that moved over to America. And um, yeah, but uh, and I I've got to go there, but I haven't been able to for the last two years because of the various lockdowns and changes right. in rules. Um, My family had a a tavern, um, Mm -hmm. and they brewed their own ales in the tavern. And uh, it's still there. It's still a tavern. Um, Oh, cool. That's cool. This was back in the— So
1: can you go uh, in and get free drinks?
0: I don't know, but his his name is carved above the door.
1: Um, That's pretty cool. I would go in and say, hey, this is my ancestor. Give me a free drink.
0: (laughs) And and around the back, um, he's my my eighth or ninth great-grandfather. Uh, and around the back um is the uh, old brewery and upstairs is the original meeting house because he he set up um a society of freemasons so they they had a, a masonic lodge constructed on the upper floor which um, apparently much of it still survives so i've got to go yeah, see it yeah definitely,
1: it. that's that's interesting you know this plague is really you know, put a lot
0: of uh, oh, it's thrown a right spanner into, into everything. Thinking. Everything's but, like stopped for two years.
1: Yeah, it is. It's been it's been horrible. But you you know, uh, you probably see them around Halloween. or well, you definitely see them in Halloween about the the plague suits with with mm-hmm. uh, like with the beak. beaks on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know about plague. those? Well, funnily enough, yeah, because um, I spent quite a long time. Um, oh, about a decade ago now, um, involved in the Mary King's Ghost Fest uh, up in Edinburgh, Scotland. And uh, as part of that, one of the um, main exhibits, because plague was, uh, it was the reason why this underground street got buried, uh, this close, Mary King's Close, it's called. And um, all of the inhabitants of... The street were basically walled in by the by the rest of the city of Edinburgh because mm-hmm. plague was prevalent, um, and what they did is basically seal off the ends and then fed them through cracks in the wall, holes in the Isn't wall. That so sweet, uh, a bit like what the Welsh government do to us. Um, mm-hmm. They call it lockdown nowadays. But um, that what they what was interesting is uh, one of the exhibits was a plague doctor tending one of the um the people who who had succumbed to to bubonic plague right and um he he has the costume on and part of the exhibit is about the costume because the beak the the suit was made of leather um yeah. because leather was easy to keep clean and it it didn't harbor um dirt because they were afraid of dirt because they didn't understand where these uh, bacterial infections in the case of the plague emanated from that connection didn't didn't wasn't made until a 100 years later um but they they stuffed the beak of the mask with gay smelling herbs and spices because they thought that that would ward off the um the evil
1: they yeah it it would overpower the uh misma misma or bad air which which uh would be uh, carried by the plague so that's, that's what it. their thought was so and the, th- the other thing they had was uh the mask included red eyepieces which were thought to make the warrior amphibious impervious to evil
0: and and to a degree you know the, those masks and goggles actually worked because, i know
1: well we're doing them now aren't
0: we well yeah because i mean you've got a mask that so that's and you know, the 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 stuffing of the mask itself the herbs and the spices and the the fragrances that they use would have acted as acted as a an absorbent you know a blockage to to uh, the bacteria and of course the goggles whatever color they were would have stopped any bacteria entering the eyes or stopped people rubbing at their eyes and faces and kept their hands away Mm -hmm. um so so it was you know it was crude but it worked but they made it decorative you know because they uh, the, there are other versions that don't have the elongated beak. That became you know, kind of a fashion thing. Um, and it, as you say, it's translated to Halloween now. It's become a Halloween costume, a costume of fear. And, um, yeah. and I suppose, well, you know, if somebody walked up to your bedside, if you were, you know, a death store with bubonic plague dressed like that, then if. It's a sure way into the afterlife. <laughs> You're going to get scared to death. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. I thought that was interesting because I always wondered about them and, and what they were used for. And I did some research on it, and I, I found that out, which was, you know, intriguing to me. And yeah,
0: they sense. were they were actually used, mm-hmm. um, so know, as portrayed.
1: Going back to ghosts and psychic. Uh, paranormal, I guess. Uh, we kind of lump that all together sometimes. Um, it, this is uh, from that lovely book uh, that I bought, The Psychic Oddities* by uh, Hayward Carrington. Mm-hmm. It, there's an interesting thing in here. A girl uh, of my acquaintance fell into Lake Manitoga while boating and sank three times and nearly drowned. She was rescued while unconscious. She was very ill for several weeks uh, thereafter and developed pneumonia, became delirious at times, and in a shot and shot shot nearly died before recovering. During her period of convalescence, she became apparently clairvoyant. She would tell her mother what letters were in the mailbox in the morning and often uh, the approximate contents of these letters. One morning she woke up feeling better, and coincidentally, her clairvoyance had entirely disappeared, and uh, it never happened again. So, is that something that uh, trauma or something can? I, you know, what's your thoughts? I I'll just leave it that way.
0: I can only give thoughts because I can't give definitive answers, unfortunately. Yeah. Um yeah, I understand. And. Yeah, if, if, well, let's look at, let's, let's sort of cast our mind to um, the psychics, the world of the psychics, because they tell us, yeah. um, and it's supported by, by the world of physics to an extent. Um, they say that all matter has a resonant frequency, a frequency of vibration. They talk about mm-hmm. vibrations a lot, psychics. Yeah, they do. And of course, in physics, Quantum physics. And of course, well, actually, in the world of physics, of course, matter does vibrate. It has a a frequency of vibration and the frequency of vibration, uh, for example, of a radio wave being very different than that of a plank of wood or a rock, the radio wave can pass unhindered through the plank of wood or the rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas us, uh, humans have the same resonant frequency as the plank of wood and the rock because we're made of solid matter, uh, the same sort of chemical composition atoms and molecules mm-hmm. and we of course can't pass through the rock or the plank of wood um now what science has just dis- discovered and what psychics have claimed is that during periods of trauma and during periods of uh, stress then um they suggest that our fundamental vibration, you know, they, they, psychics talk about raising your vibrations, changing yes. your vibrations. Yeah. And physics. Even
1: the earliest spirituals did that
0: too. That's right.
1: With their, and, with and, their music
0: and, and so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And physics does note that um, those fundamental frequencies at which our bodies vibrate and the atoms and molecules within our bodies uh, does. It's not one uniform frequency; it's a multitude of frequencies that does fluctuate, and those fluctuations can depend on health. So, it's not inconceivable that that you know during a period of uh, physical crisis that um, those vibrations will change and our psychic abilities could change, but. You've got to put your sceptical hat on and say that also. And I, I know from my nursing days when people are ill, they also hallucinate and they can they can come up with elaborate, you know, visions, um, mm. you know, because the brain isn't functioning; it's full of you know chemicals and oh yeah, um, even the chemicals we pump into people. Um, you know, they they can have quite lurid and quite lucid, quite real dreams and imaginations. But in the account by Carrington, what you what what the account says is that she was able to correctly guess the contents of letters. Now we've got to say that back in the nineteenth century, first of all, people, she knew
1: what letters were in the mailbox.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, I, I can sort of guess each day what's going to be in my email inbox because mm-hmm. you tend to have the same communications day in day out, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not you know a skeptic could turn around and say well she probably only you know they probably only had letters from ten people and ten or you know the same group of people and uh, or or there was something distinctive you know you
1: got to remember uh, though that that mail back at that time was not it uh, well and fast as it is now so no, it, it used no, to but, take a while so you, you had know, no it, idea if you even, even regular correspondent whose letter would
0: be there or whatever well you know I, I our mailbox and I'm talking about the real physical mailbox yeah. each day yeah. uh, the mailman delivers some stuff and back I, then they didn't uh, well they have mailmen
1: yeah back then they, it wasn't a daily delivery.
0: No, but but we, well, we did have, we do have daily deliveries now and, you know, you can pick up an envelope and even if it's just a plain envelope, Mm um, you can, uh, or I can, I I don't know what the contents are, but I know it's come from because there's a certain style to them. Sure. Or it's like guessing your Christmas presents, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a certain postmark or a stamp, or uh-huh. or even the type of you know envelope that's being used. You know, if if if, if I get um, a mail shot from the Ghost Club or the SPR or or the bank, um, you know, each one of me. Yeah, I know what that is. I know what that's going to be. I can hold. And so back then, you know, the handwriting from certain people would be recognisable. Um. And a, a glance at the envelope would say, "Oh, that's from my aunt, or my uncle, or my bank manager, if such mm-hmm. things." You know, so you know, a skeptic could argue, um, quite convincingly, that you know, we we, it's not inconceivable that that the person would recognise the mail without ever opening it, or yeah, at but least recognise it do that from.
1: After she felt it,
0: no. Well, that's the interesting part. Um, but I don't think it's entirely inconceivable, and it does you know f- as I said before you've yeah. got mediums who talk about vibration states and you've got so yeah. we're, we're talking about...
1: basically about temporary psychicism psychicism is that a word psychic-ism.
0: Uh, well you know they, ooh, the hu- the human, ability, <laughs> the human brain mind consciousness is a is a mysterious mm-hmm. thing that that you know we we still don't understand today. And uh, there are many examples where people do, you know, there are people who wake up and can suddenly are fluent in a language that they, you know, after a bang on the head, that they're suddenly fluent in Latin or French or German or Polish. or, And then that ability goes away. You've got people who, you know, so we don't yet understand the extent of what we're capable of. And so we, we, you know, people do demonstrate these, these, Ma- almost magical abilities sometimes, and then whatever label we choose to give that la- that, that that ability, and sometimes those abilities are transient. Right. So I think it's you know carrie Carrerwood, Car- uh, Hereward Carrington, as as we said last time we spoke about him, was a good investigator, um, and wasn't you know wasn't one for flights of fancy. So. Right. I imagine that he would have done the background research that was necessary and that he he himself was convinced enough to write it down, which meant that he himself would have been uh, convinced enough to think it worthy of writing down. Mm
1: -hmm. And the interesting thing, he talks about his own occasion with the the Ryan cards, the ESP cards, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which he's he's never had any luck with at all, Uh, results of five or six guesses. So I'm not sure how many was in the... In the, uh, what, it, in the pack what about 25 is it 25 it's always had five by five 25,
0: 25 so
1: 25 okay 25 in the pack he says on one occasion after some friends had called for tea and subsequently departed i said to my wife i feel psychic let's get the cards uh we ran through the uh, pack five times I acting as receiver. My hits scored on this occasion: twelve, fourteen, eighteen, fifteen, and twelve, which is higher than what it should be. Never before nor since have I been able to score anything by chance. Uh, did my inner feeling have anything to do with the results? And if so, is it not rather an indication, indicative of the facts, that subjects in these tests? Should be selected at particular times in such and at such uh times only if it is true uh that this might be uh if this is considered importance uh, so he says he leaves it to Dr Ryan to work out the politics is on
0: that one <laughs> of well, his suggestion <laughs> Uh physically so yeah now to say before we come up to the break um yep. after the break uh, we we did a similar card guess thing um but before but we got a couple of minutes left my wife cat uh, buys mm. the occasional lottery card we yeah. don't do the lottery regularly um mm. but she only buys a card when she has a feeling to buy a card right and the amount of times when she's had a feeling to buy a card um f- and we've had a substantial win on that scratch card or um Mm -hmm. has become so noticeable that i've suggested on a number of occasions uh you know she'll say oh i had i had an idea to buy a card i did i won now they far outnumber the number of times when she's bought a card on a whimsy or a feeling and failed Mm -hmm. so perhaps you know gut instinct feeling you know he felt that there was a uh, well, but I, when we come when we come back after the break um, you reminded me of something that happened during a card guessing game uh, card guessing experiment that we tried many many years ago
1: oh yeah well we'll definitely want to talk about it so talk about it when the subject, come back. we're talking about right now well. anyways but uh yeah it's uh yeah, so it's intriguing. Anyways, maybe that time does affect. But anyways, we do have to get going because we are coming up in the break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Quinn Duby, Craig DeGroot, Anna Rocha, and Susan Brown. We want to thank you so much for supporting us and uh, helping make this show. And uh, Circles of Wisdom 386, Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and. I guess that's about it, right? Yep, there's the music. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Welcome to Talking Net, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call (laughs) 978-455-6678. is spooky, they
1: all talk only The Parrax family, the shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax
0: family, they're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So, grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we two of tonight's first edition of the double Packed ghost chronicles this is the international edition brought to you by the taliban of the paranormal new england's own van helsing (laughs) we've taken over the airwaves and um and yeah the gold standard in ghost hunting we're talking about well just talking about the paranormal paranormal. yeah and uh, i was going to talk about Uh, Ron reminded me at the end, towards the end of part one of uh, many years, 20 years ago now, we were we were contacted by a lady in Liverpool, England, who said that uh, she had the uncanny ability to know um, which cards of a deck of cards uh, were were the next to be drawn and uh-huh. um, so so we're intrigued we went over with some sealed decks of cards these were normal playing cards 52 in a pack yeah. and uh we 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 spoke Which is good to her because
1: you didn't change the conditions right no that's no what she we, was claiming we, and and yeah. that's what you
0: yeah it makes sense um, good we we spoke to her and we said so what is it you can do she said well you know i can um i can guess the cards um before that the card is drawn I can, you know, whichever one's the next one. He said, her, so we we set up a couple of cameras and we said, right, cool, okay, we'll demonstrate what you can do. Well, we changed nothing. We we gave her, um, you know, the opportunity to show us her ability. And uh, she failed miserably. <laughs> uh, she wasn't able to get. I yeah, don't know what know. the
1: excuse is because it's going to well, be an excuse.
0: Yeah. Um, she she didn't give an excuse. Um, oh. because she had said that she could guess the suit and the card itself. So the seven of clubs or three of diamonds or the jack of spades, et cetera, et cetera. But she got she none. Close? Uh no. Um she she she, you know, she got the occasional one close, near, you know, yeah, close but but, you know, that was just so we we we, you know, we she she'd been a lovely host. And we we thought, well, you know, let's throw her a lifeline. We we got another deck out and said, look, let's just go for the suit. Um, you know, you got four suits.
1: Yeah. Four four one out of four chance.
0: Yep. See, see if you can get us the suit. Uh, and she did just as badly and uh, she was she was getting, you know, obviously a little embarrassed, and we said, right, we'll get another deck out and see if you can give us a colour, red or black. 50-50. <laughs>
1: 50-50 now.
0: Yeah, red or black, and no she was no better there either and we were doing the statistics and she was scoring about chance you know there was nothing special or unusual about and she was deeply embarrassed and she went off into the kitchen to have a break because she said you know she wanted to clear her mind at all you know we said well look take a break and we've still got some decks left we can you know maybe it's just not right um so one of there were three of us present when we tried this experiment uh, who uh, were, were, who'd gone over to, um, to the, the guy Dave who was operating our cameras on that particular occasion, um, whilst Anne was collating and I was, um, acting as, um, the experimenter, right. um, Dave, uh, we, yeah, we checked the cameras were working. She was in the kitchen and, um, there was what there was uh, a deck that had been previously used still on the table face down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I picked up the first one and said, Well, what do you reckon it is? And he shouted out card, and I turned it over and played it face down, face up. And he went through the deck and got thirty-four without break. Really? Uh he only got it he only went wrong when Anne and I um started to show real shock and like, how are you doing this? You know, like, are you, <laughs> che- are you cheating? Is this, a, you know, are we the victim of a parlour trick? Um, after that, he, the, the number, the first 32, he got one after the other in sequence and then it just failed. Interesting. We don't know. It. it we tried, we tried again with a sealed deck um after we'd finished at the house we went hang on a minute we need to experiment on you now um because what you did before was extraordinary let's let's try and see if that's replicable right. and he never repeated it it was never uh repeated again he never even scored above chance you know it was all guessing obviously but on that one occasion um
1: that's the thing, Steve. You know, maybe the same as your wife. Is it? Is it really guessing, or is it? Is oh. it something that that gives us the information we need?
0: Well, Ann and I have talked about this on many occasions, and I know, uh, and and she will be joining us on a on a, on a uh, an upcoming show. Oh, excellent! Um, but we both have said uh, to each other on a number of occasions that. Um, we have seen enough demonstrations of sci- an unusual ability, let's call it psychic ability. Psy? Of, but yeah, of Psy, yeah. uh, to believe that there is something there. But neither of us believe that the medium can control it. Um, because all of the demonstrations that we've seen, where it has been evident, have been transient fleeting affairs that have come and gone, you know, in a puff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the we 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 used to work with a guy called Carl. Sadly, he he took his own life, but Carl, uh-huh. um, Carl was uh, a friend and colleague of um Billy Roberts, the medium who's oh, yeah. yep. he, been a guest on the show. Uh-huh. And and Carl came out with us uh occasionally. Now, Carl. With an ordinary working, you know, working man, um, who said he had the ability as a psychic, um, and he was generous enough to come out with us on occasions when we wanted an a, a psychic opinion. And what we 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 had the standard way of working with Carl. We would give him a notebook and a pad, um, and he would walk around a location and he would note down his thoughts and impressions, and then he would give them back to us. Um, we would give him no, no assistance about the, about the location. Um, now, on one occasion, um, Carl, who was very helpful, um, you know, there were, other, there were other occasions when he was helpful, but on this one occasion, we had spent um, about a year uh, looking at this old, it had, for, it had been many things during its time, uh, the building was about 130 years old, but it had been, at some point, a church. And then, as another, in fact, it was built as a as a church, so, um, a religious building. Um, and then, lastly, it had been converted um, as a boys' club and a boxing uh, venue. Um, and then um, it ended its days as a nightclub. And on one occasion, uh, the report, the Hex Nightclub. It's it's on the Parascience website. Um, but on one occasion, Carl, uh, we'd finally brought you know, asked Carl, you know, come along, give us your you know, your impressions. And Carl walked into the building, and he said to us, um, he, he he walked around, and then he came back, and at the end of his walk around, and said um in this main entrance hall there's there's a staircase and he he indicated on his plan where this staircase could be now naturally being you know the observant investigator i looked at the wall and to see if there were any you know vague outlines of where a staircase could have been in the plaster or the brickwork or the the paint um but there, there was nothing i could see and it didn't match up with anything that i could see or knew of the layout of the the upper floor. Um, It just didn't seem sensible that there would ever have been a staircase in this position. It made no no sense at all. And we noted it down and we filed it away in the investigation sort of box and forgot all about it. Um, About eight or nine months later, um, we were contacted by the... um, Birkenhead Town Archive Officer uh, from the records office because we had been in there um, months and months before inquiring about the history of trying to trace the history of this building through its multiple different uses as I said before it had been uh, a nightclub, and before that it had been a uh, a dance hall. and before that it had been used in in the second world War as a feeding station, what was called a British restaurant, where they would feed. they would feed um, the workers you know who were um, employed on war duties in in and around the town. Before that it had been a, a boys a youth club. And then before that, it had been, of course, as I said before, uh, as it was originally built, a religious um, building, a church, a chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, during renovation work on the uh, town hall, they had found more boxes of records, some of which pertain to this building. And she said, uh, you know, you were asking about the building uh, and uh, did you want to come and look at this other box of stuff that's that we've only recently found a week or so ago? So we went down there. Now, one thing about records offices is they are quite meticulous about keeping records. It's, it's their the, job. Yeah. <laughs> and this box had not been opened since 1957. It was still sealed, and the date at which the box was tied up and sealed and put away was 1957. Uh, and it had last been accessed in 1954. So the box, you know, the contents of the box had been looked at in 54. The box had been finally closed and put away to storage in the attic space in 1957. Inside the box were uh, lots of papers, including a set of plans for the building as it was originally built in the 1870s. And guess what was where carl said it was a staircase a staircase
1: you know that's funny steve and and, and actually i'm glad we've had this conversation well, because I, I, it's making my before, mind just before
0: you do just before yep. you do can i just uh, say yes. what what was yeah. most convincing about that yeah is people would say oh well carl could have been you know you could have given him clues right mm-hmm. well that was you know that was proven by the records that we couldn't because we didn't, didn't know. know eight exactly. months earlier um, and, you know that this this staircase, and it was it it only existed for about two years before uh, a fire damaged part of the building and the entire structure was pulled down and rebuilt. But that's why there were no traces of the staircase. So there was nothing left of the staircase. So where Carl got that information from, and he wasn't born in 1954, <laughs> so, so he I wasn't mean... the one that had a look.
1: So you know, as I was going to say, is it it's it's just re- interesting you say that because I as soon as you said it, it reminded me of something. We were doing a uh, an investigation at a uh, Victorian up in Maine, and uh, it had been remodeled and everything else. And we were in the bathroom, and I have no reason why, but I just said, "Was there a staircase here? Because it it feels like there's a staircase here now." This is me, Steve. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know. So, the the onus is. Well, actually, uh, I was looking at the plans, and there there was a uh, a staircase that was the servants' stairs before they remodeled the building. Mm-hmm. And yet, where did that come from? I have no idea. I mean, I there was nothing. You know, it looked like a regular bathroom. There was no, mm-hmm. you know indentations or anything else. It was just, and it just came out of the clear blue. We weren't talking about stairs. We weren't talking about servants. We weren't talking about anything other than the bathroom itself. And uh, that just came in. So where does this information come from? is it, is it like, you know, you, I know you're oh. doing time, time slips. Is this type of a time slip thing where where we're, we go into the, the moment or whatever? Are this information isn't that moment.
0: that 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 is the million dollar question? Where does the information okay. come from? Because you know the psychical records are littered with these um uh, events. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, down the fifty years that I've spent looking for ghosts, I've had a handful, and I stress I a ha- you on the you could count on the fingers of one hand mm-hmm. um the number of times it's happened to me, but it has happened to me it has, in a way yeah in In a way that clearly that information has has not come through any normal mechanism now, when I say happened to me i'm 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 talking about not not in your situation, but there have been two occasions when I've suddenly had a sensation of something being different, unusual strange mm-hmm. yeah. that later proved to be the case so this is why Anne and i have always said uh we both firmly believe in a psi psychic ability but neither of us believe that we have control of that ability or that mediums can control that ability they may have more episodes Mm -hmm. but you know i've seen you know psychics blunder uh, I remember. Sure. I, re- I remember one occasion when a psychic that we both know, but I won't mention uh, <laughs> by name, um, came knocking on our door here at the house. And when we opened the door, uh, they were ashen, shocked. Um, really? Clearly, you know, clearly in shock uh, because the psychic had given one of their quite common paid readings they went to visit somebody and you know for money did a mm-hmm. reading now we both knew that oftentimes a lot of the reading was cold reading, cold reading uh, yes uh, on this occasion um on this one occasion that i can recall uh, the psychic turned up ashen pale-faced because they were so shocked by the number of hits that they were getting on that occasion. Like <laughs> like with Dave and the card guessing, I think, you know, occasionally if you're in the right frame of mind, like Catherine with the lottery tickets, mm-hmm. um, we can do these things.
1: You, you know what's interesting though, Steve, is that uh, the difference between <laughs> like Catherine and the lottery tickets and in a medium doing a reading is that okay? You could see, at least in, in my mind, I could see okay somehow that the medium. Let's let's say he's just getting this information. It's not a co reading, okay? He, the information just he just gets it. So you could see that perhaps you know if you believe in vibrational, that it, that he becomes attuned to whoever his subject is and, and and is able to you know be in that moment of that that subject whereas you know like cat like she got information but it's not from any no. person really yeah. it's more of a from the and how did
0: of... Carl? and how did calling yourself pick up on a staircase staircase yeah. doesn't have you know a brain or consciousness okay. it's an inanimate lump of wood nailed to a wall it um is. it's
1: interesting know, as hell
0: well, Which is why what, we do
1: this, right?
0: That's exactly why we do it. And down the years, as I said, I've known Anne for over thirty years now. Um, we've worked with para, you know Parasites. I think thirty years old this year, maybe happy, thirty one. Happy um, don't quote me on the actual age. It's it's around yeah. thirty years that that we, Sorry, you're a ranger. You can be wrong. Uh, no. Age. I, I was, age. I, no, I was. No, I was. I was already some years. Uh, advanced when Parasites was founded um but together we've had you know a number of experiences and you know if you ask ann it will only be the fingers of one hand it is mm-hmm. such a rare occurrence um yet know, we have them and yet we have them and they are completely and you know this you know Um, that I don't like unanswered questions it's the thing that you know really bugs me it really grinds my gears and I will go to the the four corners um, to try and find an answer I will leave no stone unturned trying to find uh, a solution and for me to you know say that these things happen means that you know when they've happened to me i have left no stone unturned trying to prove it did it didn't have a normal explanation um but they happen Um, and that's what that's what makes these television programs so endlessly irritating and frustrating because well in 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 you know i i'm 60 years old i started i i started looking for ghosts when i was my boy's age, you know, seven or eight years old. Um, so, half a century, and over half a century, the fingers of one hand. Now, when when these television celebrity ghost hunters go into a building, they have more experiences in the one hour program than I've had in a lifetime.
1: Yeah, but you know that one hour program is taped I, over <laughs> over many hours. So,
0: <laughs> all right. They have in that 24-hour that they're taping the program more yeah. experience than I've had in my entire lifetime. Yeah, I'll give you
1: that. That's right.
0: And I, but to me, that's, that, that, that strengthens my, my experiences. The five, five or six experiences um, over, in a lifetime strengthen the reality of the phenomena because let's be honest, if, if these things are real, if ghosts are real and apparitions are real and psi is real uh, then it should be incredibly rare it shouldn't be an everyday occurrence and it isn't an everyday occurrence so you know I've got a batting average uh, of one in ten years yep. so I, I realised actually my last one was about ten years ago oh. so so I'm probably yeah,
1: The other thing, Steve, is the yeah. You, know, you know, there's there's a couple of questions I have actually. The first one, and we'll take that first, is that um, would anybody in that particular time and space have the same results? Now, for instance, if Dave didn't do those cla- cows, but she just came back in the room, and mm-hmm. and and you know, you were just sitting around, and she said and she did it. Is it possible that she could have got those thirty-two guys?
0: I don't, I don't know because it never took. But we, never I know did that. that's
1: the thing we don't know, and, and I don't you know, even know how you could even. Although, although, how could you do a control on it? You couldn't really.
0: You couldn't, um, and mm. you know this is this is what we were explaining to to some quite eminent members of the Society for Psychical Research because what they wanted to do was to send investigators in after a hypothesis had been conceived, and we said no because. Investigating a location has got nothing to do with science. It's more to do with forensic detection. Exactly. Um, sure. the, the science comes, hypothesising comes much later down the line. Um, right. But they couldn't seem to grasp that. But to right. answer your question about um, uh, can two people? Well, on two occasions that Anne and I had uh, a moment. An experience, a sigh moment, if you like. We mm-hmm. both experience the same thing at the same time. Ah, oh, so that's pretty cool. So it might be that you you need to be uh, in a space. in a bubble, maybe you yeah. know um, that you walk in and out. Now, this you know, if you talk about if we talk to Anne about time slips, which is something that she's looked at um, in in detail, and I I recall you know talking. There's one more credence to that, by the way. Well, I, you know, I, I, what what's interesting is one of the accounts I remember from a, a location had a time slip attached to it. And I remember the witness, and this was repeated in some of the Liverpool time slips as well, the witness would say that it wasn't just everything looked different. They said that everything changed like they'd walked into a bubble or when it changed back, it suddenly reverted like a bubble bursting. So maybe, you know, I don't want to use the word portal, but maybe you, Oh yeah. You enter into uh, a moment where one reality clashes or bumps into another reality Mm -hmm. and allows an opportunity for, maybe even dimensional, but, it does seem to be because if you look at some of the Liverpool Times slips, um, it wasn't just a case of the person seeing and experiencing the the world as it was. There was also an interaction by the world as it was reacting to the presence of the the witness. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there is this, the, it does seem to be a kind of two-way street.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the other you know, thing.
0: The question of, you know, do we experience ghosts or are we their ghosts? Is another that's, one that's so likely.
1: intriguing, yes. You yes, know,
0: yes. if you walk past um, uh, a Minuteman mm-hmm. on the North Bridge, are you his ghost or is he your ghost? Exactly. Which is, so, we don't, yeah, that's the we, problem. You know, and I mean, that was brilliantly explored in the movie, The Others. Oh, was that a great, it's great what, movie or
1: what? I, which I, is why I, it's
0: one of my, it's one of my favorite all-time paranormal movies because I of that, because of that uh, twist, you know, who, who was the ghost and who was real?
1: So we're going to, and, and if you haven't seen The Others, uh, who's in it, uh, Steve, you remember? Nicole I mean? Kidman
0: is the Nicole female Kidman. lead. Yeah, I was going to say Glenn
1: Close, but yeah, Nicole Kenman, look it up, the others, I'm sure it's out there for free now somewhere, get it from your library. It's
0: one of the cleverest paranormal
1: films, I think. And it's a good movie, and we don't. I'm not going to give any more.
0: Out no, of I'm not going to give any more. Except watch it. It's one of. Um, it is. It's, people it, it, always well say done. to me, you know, can can you pick a, a par? What you know? What's your favorite paranormal movie? And you know, mm-hmm. people like Dylan or Kieran might say, "Oh, it's Ghostbusters,", Ghostbusters. or, it's, or mm-hmm. "The House on Haunted Hill," or oh, "The Haunting." And I was going I no, never liked that that much. It's it's the others yeah. because it 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 throws that that sort of question open, doesn't it? Well. You know, who's haunting who? Yeah.
1: Well, we, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, one, of, one of my first ghost movies I remember seeing was 13 ghosts in the theater. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you had actually a uh, 3D view of one of those things uh-huh. with the red and blue things. And, and in order to see the ghost, you had to use this. It uh, was a riot. And, of course, they remade <laughs> it, and it into a piece of crap. But uh, that's yeah. another story. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Now, uh, I, I had some other stuff I want to talk to you about, but we'll talk about it another time. So stay tuned for uh, Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation. No, and today I will be joined by uh, my good friends from Scotland, Stephen Scott,
0: and uh, we'll be chatting about something I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. but, looking oh, forward and looking forward to Thanksgiving and the Ghostbusters movie. Oh, is it coming Hold out on, then? It's coming out in fact on Thanksgiving. Mm. And he's coming uh, out too soon. Hey, I'll tell you what though. There's been a bit of a leak. Hasbro have released the pictures of the uh, toys. Really? Uh, for the for the uh, for the upcoming movie, and they've mm. got all the original characters with grey hair in their ghost. Uniforms. Oh, that's so cool! Anyway, now, that we that they're all in the all in the next film.
1: We're going to wrap it up. Uh, We want to thank uh, Circles of Wisdom, 386 Mirror Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and of course, our good friends in Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, Dan Quinn, Craig the Groot, um, Anna Roach, uh, and Susan Brown. You too can become a Patreon of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio. Go on to the thing. There's like 24 videos on there now that only Patreons can see, so check it out, stuff you'll never see anywhere else. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good night. God bless us. Stay safe. Stay tuned.
0: Good night.